this is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, and today's episode is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Well, it's that time of year again. Almost all the holidays are over, but it's just about New Year's Eve, and so we figured we would do one last episode for the year and, and celebrate some of our favorite New Year's Eve films. Now, weirdly enough, when trying to find some movies to watch, there isn't a lot of New Year's-centric movies. Yeah, there's the very obvious New Year's Eve, uh, the romantic comedy, but other than that, there isn't a ton that really take place around the holiday, but we did some homework and we found some stuff out. And now joining me on this journey to ring in the new year is Stephanie Pryor. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, happy new year. So at the end of the show, I, I guess we should probably do a countdown or something, right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, we were looking up, trying to find some movies that, that take place over New Year's, and for the most part, it was kind of slim pickings, you know, we'd do some research and it'd be like, oh, and then there's a scene that takes place at New yeah. Year's, but but not really New Year-centric. It's not like Christmas where there's an abundance of it. Yeah, yeah, it's not the central focus of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up finding, I think, about eight or nine movies, but we narrowed it down to five that we watched, and they are The Poseidon Adventure from 1972, directed by Ronald Niemi. When Harry Met Sally from 1989, directed by Rob Reiner. Four Rooms from 1995, directed by Allison Anders, Alexander Rockwell, Robert Rodriguez, and Quentin Tarantino. Bridget Jones' Diary from 2001, directed by Sharon McGuire. And, as I mentioned it, New Year's Eve from 2011, directed by Gary Marshall. So, was this New Year's Eve enough for you? Was it festive enough? Does it make you want to ring in the new year with these people, <laughs> rewatch these movies? What? Yeah, so I had seen uh, three of the four films that we had selected. And, of course, When Harry Met Sally is one of my favorites. So I was totally excited that you had agreed to watch this one again. Yeah, I've seen it before. I mm-hmm. like it. It's yeah. funny. It's one of my favorites, so much so that I even included a quote of it in my wedding vows. So there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, New Year's Eve, obviously, is the most New, New Year's eve of them all. And that one, you know, kind of got gets you most in the spirit for it because everybody's like gearing up to celebrate and the climax of the movie of course is new year's so you know that definitely gets you in the mood and uh then we have you know bridget jones's diary which starts on new year's and that's about all you get so that was kind of surprising i for some reason thought that there was more new year's than that that was more involved but not really um, and then Poseidon Adventure, which I had seen before, you know, is not your <laughs> typical hunky-dory, let's ring in the new year with some fun. And Four Rooms kind of fits that same bill also. So it was it was a good mix, a good grab bag, and uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit about what each of these movies have in common for New Year sort of thing. We'll, we'll start in chronological order. The Poseidon Adventure, it does take place over New Year's. It's this story about uh, a ship that's doing its its last voyage going across the Atlantic and uh, and on its way encounters a, a gigantic wave that capsizes the ship and flips it over and a small group of survivors have to try to bring themselves to the bottom of the ship, which is now at the very top, and hope that they can get rescued. But all this takes place on New Year's Eve. There's a scene where they're, they're in this big uh, dining room and a band is playing and... Can't you see the morning after? It's waiting right outside the store. Why don't we cross the bridge together and find a place that's safe and warm? 
ringing in the new year the countdown and everyone's dancing and drinking champagne and confetti's going everywhere so it is very new year's it does take place specifically on that one day Mm -hmm. so it really is about that and i think a lot of the movie kind of also kind of has themes of uh living your life and you know refreshes and, and all that sort of stuff which i think you can really apply to what most people think of for new year's yeah i think it's interesting that before the capsize happens you're seeing you know a little glimpse uh, through a porthole, if you will, into these characters' lives and, you know, how they treat each other and and the different things that go on that aren't necessarily 100% amazing in their lives. And then as as the movie progresses um, and they start to come to terms with the person they were and who they want to be and how they want to be treated and how they want to treat others and if they can just get to survival, you know, how things are going to change. So it kind of does fit, you know, that whole New Year's resolution type of feel without being, well, what's your resolution this year? Just being forced to have a resolution. Yeah. <laughs> just by being changing. confronted by it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one is When Harry Met Sally. This is, uh, this is one where the climactic scene of this movie takes place over New Year's. I think there's another New Year's countdown. Mm-hmm. There's two in there's this There's two, one. yeah, uh, where it's kind of like a failed New Year's where they, they talk about where they'll be each other's date. For the uh, following, for the next year's. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the final one where, where Sally goes to a New Year's party with someone else and, and Harry just kind of is staying at home on his own and then kind of goes out for a walk and then realizes that he's in love with Sally and runs to the party through the middle of what looks like a fine spring evening yeah. in New York, not yeah. uh, December 31st in New York where he's just got like a light jacket mm-hmm. on and no scarf, no hat, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, runs to this party and professes his love right after midnight and they share a passionate kiss and they end up together. Spoiler alert. Jeez. If you've not seen a 31-year-old movie by this point, <laughs> I'm very sorry. Yeah, I love this film and uh, I love that that ending where he professes his love and and I think it's a great comeback uh, that Meg Ryan delivers. Like, how am I supposed to say no to that? Because it's all amazing and it's all great. And you want you don't want her to, like, go back to him. But it's so impossible. So I'm glad that she, like, you know, says that out loud as, as the um, character. And you're like, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's fine. So this, this episode, we kind of have three romantic comments. And that's probably going to be... The closest we'll ever do to a, a romantic comedy <laughs> episode. So enjoy this, people that enjoy romantic comedies. <laughs> this is this is me feeding you here. Um, but it's, it's interesting because, you know, I really do enjoy When Harry Met Sally. But you look at this movie and there's so many tropes that have evolved out of this movie as far as romant- grand romantic gestures that other movies try to copy. And it works be- in this movie specifically because you have so much invest in these characters and you understand this gradual buildup of where they finally realize that they love each other. Whereas other movies, I feel they'll try to do, you know, the last minute profession of love and it just does not work. But yeah. here it really does work. Yeah, I agree. The next one is Four Rooms which is uh, an anthology movie. People may have seen it, may have not seen it. Most notably, it's because it's directed by Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did two of the four segments. This year, Miramax Films takes great pride in extending to you an advance invitation to celebrate New Year's Eve at the Monsignor Hotel, where a dozen of the most unusual guests ever will check in. We have reservations. And a lone bellhop named Dead. 
on his first day on the job. All you have to do is hold the fort and the night's cake. Okay. Is in for the night of his life. And uh, and it's about, you know, one night in a hotel where the bellhop, played by Tim Roth, uh, goes to four different rooms, basically, and uh, each of them have their, you know, comedic, dramatic elements that going on while it's happening over New Year. So the first segment uh, in the honeymoon suite, it's actually a witch's coven that he is has to be there to assist with. And then uh, the second one, he accidentally interrupts what looks like um, an abusive husband beating up his wife, but it later turns out that that's their kinky sex games where they basically hire people to come in and be the third wheel <laughs> in their relationship. And then you have the third segment, which is where a couple decides to ditch their kids for a New Year's party and pays the bellhop to watch them. And then the fourth is the bellhop goes up to the uh, the largest suite and there is a bet going on that he must be there to settle uh, with potentially comedic and drastic effects that happen. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was this is good, this is interesting because you have never seen this one. So no. I'm, I'm definitely curious to, to sort of hear what you think of this one. It's mostly known as a bit of a failure. Before we watched it, I, I tried to temper your yeah. expectations as best as possible, being like, "This is not a good movie." <laughs> and you know what? I think it worked. I think being going in there with such low expectations, I was just along for the ride. And really, it, it is a ridiculous, weird movie, but I, I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I. I would watch it again too. Also, if someone was like, "Hey, let's throw on something funny," and they like recommended this one, I'll be like, "Yeah, totally, put it on." Yeah, it's it's not one you really need to think about very much. They they move at a pretty brisk pace. Apparently, from what I understand, the movie this movie I think the final cut is about an hour and a half, maybe a little bit less. But apparently, it was originally closer to two hours, and the studio that's distributing it was looking at it like, "We can't put this movie out." But they're like, well, we can't cut Tarantino's segment. He's our golden goose. And mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez is, is probably the best segment there, and it moves along the fastest. So the first two directors had to cut their segments substantially in order to make them so short. Mm. So I and, and honestly, I think, especially the first one, I would definitely be interested to see what they do with the Witch's Coven episode. I feel like that probably could have been expanded a bit more to, to get a bit more of a backstory. Yeah, that there was the least amount fleshed out for that one yeah and whereas the second one i don't think i'd want that to go on any longer no. it kind of drags at points yeah as yeah. is but yeah uh and then the next one is bridget jones diary from 2001 and uh and really like you mentioned off the top there's only the opening scene that takes place at new year's you know it starts out where bridget uh goes to a, a holiday work party and then she just is happy to kind of get out of town and go to her parents even though uh, at her parents house she has to face the fact that she's still single so they do this like new year's brunch sort of thing and all of her parents friends are there and everyone that she sort of grew up with in her old small town and then the rest of the movie is, is kind of Christmassy as a whole. It, it yeah. takes place over a whole year, and the end definitely takes place around Christmas time again. It doesn't specify that it's, you know, Christmas specific, but I think anytime a movie sort of takes place in, you know, the wintry months, we just mm-hmm. kind of assume it's more Christmas themed than New Year's themed, unless it's very explicitly stated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, this, this was interesting because it didn't even have like a countdown scene, it just had a New Year's brunch, basically. Yeah, and she's she has this. this um, diary which she's starting for the new year to keep track yeah. of 
you know, all the things she wants to correct in her life. Yeah. So I guess maybe in that sense, it's sort of similar to the Poseidon adventure where mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a character sort of force being forced to reckon with who they are as a person and who they want to be. Mm-hmm. So, which is very New Year's themed. And then the last one is New Year's Eve, which uh, basically is, is sort of not an anthology movie like The Four Rooms, but uh, uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. But yeah, there's like a whole bunch of different stories going on where they kind of intersect. Some of them don't, some of them do. Yeah. Where you get like uh, some of the more romantic ones, some of the more professional relationships, so just all sorts of stuff where in the end of it, it's basically how do we want to see ourselves going forward? Yeah, it's a grab bag of uh, different people's New Year's Eves and at any given moment of all these people um, taking place in New York and what what could be happening to somebody on New Year's Eve. They kind of cover up a wide range of events. It only happens once a year, New Year's Eve. Okay. It's a time when hopeless can be romantic. Last year, I met a woman, and she was extraordinary. You're gonna meet her, aren't you? And a resolution can become a revelation. That looks like a long list. You better get on it. If you can make these resolutions come true by midnight, you get these. Four tickets to that party? You called the right guy. And when one night can change everything. No, 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 no. This thing is dead. It doesn't work. Call the super. He doesn't work either. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot going on with that one. In fact, it's sometimes actually a little bit hard to... Too follow. much, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think also it's sort of written specifically to be slightly mysterious because there are a few reveals at the end. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're together. How cute. <laughs> yeah. So th- those are the different New Year's movies. Uh, if you have any other favorite ones that we, we maybe have missed, definitely uh, definitely let us know and, and we can talk about it later. Some other ones that we we're trying to think about included Ocean's Eleven, the Either one, really. I believe uh, there's a, a big New Year's sequence in the in the remake, uh, An Affair to Remember, After the Thin Man, which is not the... I believe it's the second movie in the Thin Man series, and then Sunset Boulevard, which also has a New Year's sequence. Uh, but they're more tenuous at best as far as having just New Year's bits. Probably, you maybe, if, if Bridget Jones' diary didn't have the whole, you know, let's refresh a New Year diary aspect to it, I probably would not have included that in this one. It's probably the least New Year's out of all of them. But yeah. I think with the diary included, I think it fits. Yeah. No, I agree. So, we talked about some New Year's movies, and we're going to have this, you know, fun little light movie. I've prepared, prepared a few questions for you of uh, what would you rather do on New Year's Eve? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've does that sound like stuff fun? stuff for you too. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Uh, so I, I got a question. Hmm. What would you rather do? <laughs> you know, you got some options here. Would you want to earn $1,000 to chop off someone's finger like in four rooms? Mm-hmm. What's it going to be? Okay. Yes! Always be closing! <laughs> right here! Right now! Before I change my mind! Hey, hey. Let's go. Let's go. Get this shit over and done with Perfect, perfect, perfect. This is one of those moments in time none of us are ever gonna forget. Norman, are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Ted, are you ready? Ready. Okie dokie, Norman. Begin. Would you want to swim underwater to tie a rope to save your rescue party? Would you want to suffer through a day party with your parents constantly wondering why you were still single or rewatch New Year's Eve? Oh, my. 
My goodness. Those are tough. Because New Year's Eve was not a good movie. <laughs> for the most part. You know. Let me, let me, what's your thinking? Tell me what you're thinking. Okay, so while I think it would be hard to chop off someone's finger. You're quite squeamish. I am quite squeamish. For $1,000, I don't know, for two seconds work? But would you be able to do what Tim Roth does and just chop it off and just pick up the money and walk out whistling? Well, I don't know. I have to think about it. Uh, swimming to tie a rope. I'm not a great swimmer, and I'm also terrified of the uh, the big open sea, so I, I really can't see myself doing that one, although I would love to be the hero. That sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a parent's brunch, that would be hard. I have amazing parents, so that wouldn't happen with me, but if I had to put myself in that situation, I know how terrible it would be. I have been in, in similar situations where it's not that question, but other, mm, you know, mm-hmm. awkward moments in between. And that is terrible. And watching New Year's Eve, I've seen it twice now, once in the theater. So, like, I've already watched it again. Can I watch it a third time? I don't know. I think push comes to shove. I would want to say that I would rather chop off a finger and take the grand, but I would probably end up saying go to a parent's brunch. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Now, assuming nothing bad happens, so we're we're taking, you know, what happens later on in these movies, removing those situations completely. Okay. How would you want to spend your New Year's? Would you maybe want to be on a a party on a cruise ship with a live band, uh, like in the Poseidon Adventure? Or how about... um, New Year's Rocking Eve with a Bon Jovi performing. Or go to a party in the biggest suite of a hotel with Bruce Willis and Quentin Tarantino. Oh. That's an easy one. I'm definitely going to that party with Bruce Willis and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, what would you talk about there? You're going to be seeing some stuff in that party. <laughs> like people's fingers getting chopped off? I just want to be a fly on that wall, for <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of cruises. I'm not, I don't want to be on one. I don't have a particular want to be on one. I'm not a Bon Jovi fan, so it's easy. It's got to be that third option. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, would, I definitely would too. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit tough because I feel like there aren't, uh, there aren't as many fun parties. Like what, what would we say the... The big music executive party in New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like New Year's Rock and Eve with Bon Jovi is probably a little yeah, bit better. With yeah, for me sure. And Michelle showing up later on. <laughs> uh, that would definitely not be there then. <laughs> I just don't want to stand out in the cold for the entire time. Like that's just a lot of standing around <laughs> in the cold and being yelled at by TV producers to make more noise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, people stepping on your feet and probably peeing on your shoes. Yeah, and that who knows stuff. what goes on there? Yeah, people puking on you because they've been drinking all day in an enclosed space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you say is the most romantic gesture? Running into a party right at midnight to profess your love, like in When Harry Met Sally? Sacrificing yourself to save the love of your life and everyone else? Helping a stranger complete their bucket list or ditching the kids to party without them. <laughs> that is pretty romantic uh, to me in my eyes. <laughs> and, and being uh, carried back to the hotel because yeah. you drank too much. Yeah. Um, I would have to say... Which is from Four Rooms, by the way, the, the Robert Rodriguez, Antonio Banderas section. Yeah. Okay. Um, what you thinking here? Okay. 
Give me the first two options again. Running into a party right at midnight to mm, profess your love. Right. It doesn't work this way. Well, how does it work? I don't know, but not this way. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Sacrificing yourself to save the love of your life and everyone else helping a stranger complete their bucket list, or ditching the kids to party yeah. without them. What's um, the most romantic? The most romantic, here's my thoughts. Um, helping a stranger with a bucket list, uh, like a New Year's Eve, ended up being quite platonic. So not quite as romantic, but you know, if it was a different movie and it swung that way, then it would be nice. Mm-hmm. But not the most romantic. Um, I'm a huge fan and sucker for Harry, when Harry met Sally, so I want that to be my answer. The big grand. The big grand gesture. Yeah. But I mean, the most romantic of all has to be sacrificing yourself, no? <sighs> Probably. Like in the Poseidon Adventure? Yeah. Wow. Or maybe that's just the most selfless. You know what? I'm going with when Harry met Sally. Yeah? That's okay. The, the, the grand romantic gesture. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I want you to close your eyes for a second. Okay. You're single. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got the pick of any guy you can kiss at New Year's yeah. you, that you can get a date for. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Who would you want to be your New Year's kiss? Okay. Billy Crystal from 1989. Okay. Colin Firth. What I'm trying to say very inarticulately is that, um, in fact, perhaps despite appearances, I like you very much. <laughs> Uh, apart from the smoking and the drinking and the vulgar mother and the verbal diarrhea. No, I like you very much. Just as you are. Ashton Kutcher or Antonio Banderas. Mm. Now, is it Antonio Banderas from Four Rooms? Yes. So he does have a ponytail. Yes, and a greasy little mustache. But he is the Latin lover. He is the Latin lover. Jeez, no Gene Hackman? I thought about it. That's too easy for me. You didn't want to throw that I, one in? I didn't think that would be the one you would choose. Uh, I would definitely choose Gene Hackman. All that yelling? Come on. <laughs> um, I would have to go with Antonio Banderas. I feel like that's kind of an easy pick. Yeah. I did struggle with New Year's Eve, uh, who to say, because I know if I would have said Zac Efron, you would have puked in your mouth a little bit. Yeah, well, I almost did with Ashton Kutcher as well. Well, I, I almost decided on Josh Dumel. If I switched to that, would have mm. been tougher. He pro- of the three, he probably would have been the one I chose. Okay. Okay. But like still Antonio Banderas. three of those yes. people. Yeah, yeah. I would okay. have still cho- chosen Antonio. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, who would be your least ideal midnight kisser? Ooh. The radical Reverend Gene Hackman yelling at you. <laughs> will you not get a fight for us? But damn it, don't fight against us! Leave us alone! How many more sacrifices? How much more blood? Carrie Fisher's boyfriend who won't leave his wife? The kinky couple who roleplay with guns and rope? Or a Zoom call in a hospital after your shift with your army spouse? Oh. So what's the one I want the least? Yes. Um, 
It was the second one, but I forget which which that one Carrie was. Carrie Fisher's boyfriend yes. who won't leave his wife? Yeah, I don't want that. The point is, he's never going to leave her. So what else is new? You've known this for two years. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. He's not going to leave his wife, is he? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, so there are your questions. Okay. You have something for me there? Yeah, I've got a couple here for you. So let's play a little Would You Rather also. Okay. Would you rather stumble into room 409 at the Monsignor Hotel in The Wrong Man? So that's the one with uh, Jennifer, Be- Jennifer Beals and David Braval, so mm-hmm. the kinky couple. Mm-hmm. Would you rather attend a costume party dressed as a Playboy bunny, only to realize it is no longer a costume party? Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be stuck on top of the Times Square ball while trying to fix it with only minutes left until New Year's? Mm. Or be stuck having to wait on or cook for Sally Albright? Which one's Sally Albright? From When Harry Met Sally. She just, oh, right. I want this on the side, oh. I want this alamode, mode, but only if it's vanilla ice cream. If it's oh. not, then I don't want it at all. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie alamode. Chef and apple alamode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna air some dirty laundry here. Um good friend of mine, Max, orders like that, and I hate going to restaurants with him because of that. I'm so sorry, Max. I know you're not going to be listening to this, um, even though one day I hope to have you on, but uh, yeah, that, that drives me up the wall. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, can you read them again? Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll stumble into room 409, so with the kinky couple. Mm-hmm. Attend a costume party dressed as a Playboy bunny, only mm-hmm. to realize it's no longer a costume party. Be stuck on top of the Times Square ball while trying to fix it with minutes left to New Year's Eve or to New Year's. And then having be stuck, having to wait on or cook for Sally Albright. Now, this is what I least want to do or most want to do. Would you rather? Oh, God. Oh. Some tough choices. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> this this really is like a loaded gun to my head. What would I do? Yeah, yep. Um, At least I don't have to chop anyone's finger off. I'd almost rather do that. Jeez. <laughs> Earn a little bit of money. Um... Those are all terrible options. That's the point. Uh, I guess because, you know, death is least likely involved with hanging out with Sally. So uh, while it might drive me up the wall, hopefully I get a good meal out of it. Yeah, that's true. At yeah. least your meal could still be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm. You know what? What's the the way it is on the menu? As long as there isn't mushrooms in it, I'll order it. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> anyway. I know. No fun, right? <laughs> so um, same question. Your ideal New Year's kiss. Mm-hmm. I've got some options for My you. My eyes are closed. Okay. Your eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. You are single. Mm. Or you have a hall pass. Okay. Sally Albright. So mm-hmm. Meg Ryan from When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. Ingrid. So Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, the schlumpy office worker. From New Year's Eve. Not Catwoman Michelle Pfeiffer. Remember. Linda Rogo. So um, the Poseidon from the Poseidon Adventure. The, the hooker. ex-hooker. <laughs> or Elizabeth Madonna from Four Rooms. To reverse this evil which has been done, I make this offer to the Divine One. A whore not, an innocent was, for whom I seized a virgin's blood. Mm. It was a crazy leather-clad witch. Not Ione Sky. Not, no. Jeez, okay. She was cute in that, and topless, <laughs> so no. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you just specifically picking horrible options here for me here? 
Um, oh, wow. Uh, Oh, um, you're thinking too much. You can you can take the leather cat suit off the Catwoman, <laughs> but you can't take the Michelle Pfeiffer out of the Catwoman. I don't know what I'm saying, but Michelle Pfeiffer. I know what you're going for, but you know what? And <laughs> in all those characters, there's always that kinky dark side mm-hmm. that's just hiding in there. She she seems to be mousy, but I know she's a freak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're the. Uh, the librarian type, mm, you know, yes, take glasses yes. off, hair down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Michelle Pfeiffer in that. Okay, so here's the... Th- no uh, Catherine Heigl, no Ioni Sky. No, what? No. No, no, no Noni. No, no, no. <laughs> from Poseidon. No, I almost did, but I found her more annoying than you probably would, so... <laughs> her brother just died. Oh, my gosh. Anyhow, she was a little too close to that brother, if you ask me. Okay, here's a New Year's Eve throwdown. I'm going to give you a would you rather, and you have to give me your answer, and then we're going to roll the dice to see your outcome oh God. of okay. that decision. Okay. So would you rather be Hillary Swank's Claire Morgan from New Year's Eve, having all that pressure to have to get the Times Square ball fixed That's in time? That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather be a bumbling Harry from When Harry Met Sally? Harry, less, way less stakes there. Okay. Well, here's the stakes. I probably should have told you. I'm going to roll this die. Okay. And it's going to tell me if you get the girl at the end or if you don't get the girl at oh the God. end. Oh, God. Okay. All right. So you could make it all the way there, profess your love, and she could turn you down. Wow. Megaron okay. would do that to me? She just might. Okay. So evens, you're good. Okay. Odds, you get turned down. Okay. You ready? Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. She rolled a three. She turned you down. Wow. That's, uh, that's terrible. That's harsh. And she had a date there too, that she was ready to leave. (laughs) So she's just going home alone. She's just going home alone. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Final one. Okay. Would you rather be Ted the bellhop? Uh, In four rooms. Yeah. He had a a very terrible night. Very terrible night. Yep. Or be a passenger on the SS Poseidon. Uh, I feel like my odds of surviving the night uh, are probably in four rooms, even though he has what he thinks is a loaded gun pointed in his face. Uh, he got laid by a witch, and he earned $1,000. Uh, oh, and plus he earned $500 from Antonio Banderas as well. So he earned $1,500 on top of whatever his likely minimum wage work was and whatever tips <laughs> he'd get. And he had sex uh, versus the Poseidon adventure where uh, a good chunk of the group died and literally every single other passenger on that ship. So, yeah, I'm definitely going with the bellhop. Yeah, chances are you'd be better uh, um, as Ted, but both outcomes are going to be the same here both questionable outcomes do you make it through the night wow so it's just life or death it's just life or death okay i feel like um my life would be still slightly more enjoyable than four rooms that wasn't potentially potentially all right let's let's see so odds you don't make it through the night even you do okay okay oh my god So she rolls a five, and so apparently Meg Ryan uh, doesn't want to kiss me, and I die in four rooms as a bellhop. As a bellhop. Because my boss puts me there on my very first night and won't come and save me. That's correct. Wow. So do I die from the kinky couple, or do I die from Bruce Willis going insane or something? Um, You burn alive in that room with the children. Oh, 
Okay. And the dead next hooker. Next to the dead hooker. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, hey, at least you got laid. There we go. At least I got laid and then I ended up dying <laughs> with $500 in my pocket. And I didn't even get the chance to chop off someone's finger for a grand. Not yet. No. So are those your questions for those me? Those were my questions. There we go. Well, that was a fun little New Year's episode. Uh, I really hope you all enjoyed it. That about wraps it up for us for 2020. Well, overall, it's been a crappy year. I don't think that needs to be said. Uh, it has been a, a great one for the podcast. A staggering 43 episodes were produced, 44 including this one, by far more than doubling my previous bets. It also included a streak of posting every week since May, since the show previously was either bi-weekly or whenever I had content for the show, basically. But it's been a blast, and I have some exciting stuff coming for the new year. We're going to do uh, an episode with Naomi Wada Platt again, and we're going to do an episode celebrating Japanese cinema. Stephanie here will be back to do a Wes Anderson ranked. Royce Benson will come and do a Denis Villeneuve ranked. And, of course, Oscar season is just around the corner. We are going to be off for a few weeks and likely will return at the end of January or early February. But I hope you have enjoyed listening to this as much as I have had recording this year. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Dakota. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, and let me know what movie resolutions you have. Send them to me, ContraZoomPod at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ContraZoomPod. Today's show is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Thank you to Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music and Stephanie Pryor for the logo design. That's you. If you could rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts, it'll be a huge help to help us grow and find new listeners. Thanks for listening. Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and Thank you.